Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, however you identify, welcome to another edition, a little bit later in the week edition due to some scheduling stuff, partly because of me. It is Biscuits Colon, a hockey podcast, and I am Dave, Dave Lozo, of, I guess not Vice Sports exclusively, but mostly, I feel like that's the place you mostly know me from, and I'm in Brooklyn, New York, sitting in a studio, and you know who else is here. Say hello to... Hey guys, it's Sean McIndoe. I'm up here in Ottawa, the former home of Dion Phaneuf. Yeah, it's tough. And that was the, I think that was the main scheduling issue this week. Is a bit, we basically went to the vice people and we said, we are not recording mm-hmm. until we have some senators news to talk about. Yeah, because it's been a while. Because this is a senator's podcast and the people demand senator's content. Mm-hmm. And so they were, we, we refused to record and then they made a few phone calls to Pierre Dorian and he... He, he sprung into action because he's a big listener. He, he's a fan. You know what's funny is for the, for the Biscuits Twitter account, I just decided when we set it up to just follow Eugene Melnick and Eric Carlson, and that's it. Those are the two people the Biscuits <laughs> account follows. And so this morning, I go over to the Biscuits account to just be like, hey, if you guys have questions, you know, send them in or whatever. And because like all you see now are our tweets, Eugene Melnick tweets, and Eric Carlson tweets. But you never see Eric Carlson. Usually it's like Eugene Melnick. He's got like some charity dinner he went to, and people reply to him like, you know, whatever that hashtag is, like fire Melnick or get out Melnick. And today it was Eric Carlson had one tweet where he was like, you know, Best of luck to two great teammates, you know, who are no longer my teammates for now, and I hope these guys do really well. And then I guess like everybody replied, and they were like, "For now, what does that mean? Yep. For now?" And then he was like, "Calm." D-. And this next week was something like, "Calm down, <laughs> like relax." I just mean, and it was just, it's just great. I just love the fact that we can just see the best senators news all the time on our timeline. Yeah, it's uh, uh, that, and that was the thing. Like I said, that that tweet was like people really were like, "Yeah, wait, what is for now?" for now mean like is he hinting that he's gonna like he's gonna go to la now and really because i'm sure he just i'm sure that wherever nate thompson is that's where that's where you gotta go eric carlson's gotta go so by the way that's what did you think of the deal like what I, are, it was it, it was it reminded me of um that the, the seinfeld episode where uh putty is doing jerry's move on elaine and then jerry complains and then putty comes up with a new move 
And Elaine's just like sitting there in bed and she's completely unsatisfied. And she's just like, it was like a big budget movie with no story that goes, or a story that goes nowhere. Like that's all this trade was. It was like, Ooh, Gabrick, that's a name. Enough. That's a name. And then you kind of look and it's like, I mean, you get it. The senators are just dumping money and the Kings are just rearranging chairs on the Titanic before it goes down. And they're just like, Phaneuf's better than Gabrick. You'd rather have him for sure. But you know, I feel like, I feel like from, from a King's perspective, like this was kind of a real hockey trade right because i mean they like the, the deal went down as they were getting just completely shelled by carolina, carolina. yeah so, you know so they need a defenseman and you know like dion Phaneuf. the problem is with, with dion Phaneuf for years has been like he's not a seven million dollar guy seven million that's that's top pairing money and he's not that he wasn't that in toronto he wasn't that in in ottawa and he won't be that in la they're getting him for five and change which yeah, is like expensive second pair yeah which is still too much but it's it, now it's kind of like in in range of maybe where but it runs for so long it runs till what 2021 or but it runs it, it runs as long as gabrick's deal and gabrick yeah. is is basically all but done right i mean you i don't i don't know that he's gonna be that's a problem with trades. Like so many trades in this league are just based on who has bad contracts. Like David Clarkson, Nathan Horton, like all these deals where like either a guy gets hurt or a guy has a super terrible contract and then somebody will take this super terrible contract. Like very the like, trades are so very rarely just here's a guy that we like 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 Sammy Vatanen for Adam Henrique is like a super rare trade where it's like we got an extra D man, we got an extra center. They're both pretty decent. Want to trade him? A hockey sure. trade. That's that's how it used to work. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I don't know like from from a senator's perspective, the trade makes them worse. Oh yeah, but that's not really a problem because right. they're already bad. Worse the seasons cheaper. are right off, so it doesn't it doesn't matter if if they get worse. It makes them cheaper, which is obviously the always goal. a priority. Yeah. The ultimate, yeah. And it and, and like and it makes them like when I say it makes them cheaper, they they save a little bit in terms of the salary cap but they save a lot in terms of the real dollars like mm-hmm. the way the way the salaries work out between Gabrick and Fanuf like it, they they save I, I know like people look at it initially and they're like oh it's not they didn't actually save all that much but it's a big it's a pretty decent chunk like it's it's in the millions of dollars over the next few years so the question is what happens to that money and that's why you can't really you can't evaluate the trade from Ottawa's perspective right now because we don't know what they're going to do with the money they freed up. If that money goes to Eric Carlson and that that's the difference between them being able to make him a competitive offer and, and keep him or not being able to, then that's that's going to be viewed as a win. If it goes to other spots in the roster to fill some of the holes, then maybe that's a win. <laughs> Got to re-sign Alex it, Burrows. Yeah. Oh, no, he's got another year after this year, so they don't have to worry about that. Oh, they extended him when they traded for him. That's right. They did. They gave, they yeah. gave him two two extra years. Yeah, people, and, people made know, fun the, of me. The other that. thing with Ottawa is, does that, does that money maybe not go into the roster at all? Does it go into the front office and the, some scouts and, you know, some some people to help? Oh, oh like they hire, they, hire, they hire some employees to do the scouting yeah. and the managing. Wow, that's a bold idea. You know, to, to, to act because they've got one of the thinnest groups in in the league and it's a situation right now where there's let's just say there's some turnover and it's you know not necessarily a great 
place to uh, to be right now with the way things are going. If they, you know, if if that money goes into into there, I think a lot of Sens fans would say, "Great, I'd rather have you know beef up the scouting staff to at least minimal NHL levels. I'll take that over, you know, Dion Phaneuf on the second pair." Hmm. You know where it's going now. You know where it's going. It, I have you, a feeling I I might know where it's going. It's, it's Eugene Melnick is going to use what is it? It's like four million a year. Is that what the number? Or maybe it's a little less than that. I think but, it was less than that, but it yeah. was yeah. They're gonna. I I believe that whatever it is, he could probably hire like six organ surrogates to just be there on call for whenever he needs <laughs> a new organ because that's that's how he sees Senators fans as just. It's like the Matrix where he's he's like the machines and then like Senators fans are the people living in pods and then he's just like, man, I could sure use a new lung. Hey, what's you, going on there? Season ticket holder. harvest boy. one organ <laughs> one time. That's, that's one too and many. cynical hockey fans will never let you forget. I don't mind that he harvested the organ. I, I mind I mind that he's just so ungrateful for it. Like if someone yeah. gave me an organ, like it's like it's like again, I'm gonna go back to Seinfeld where where uh, Kramer gives Jerry some blood and then like Jerry owes Kramer a bunch of favors. Only it's an organ. You have to uh, it's the grace period for an organ has to be more than two years. Is all I'm saying. But like let's say you're yeah. Eric Carlson. Right? Does does like let's say this money all goes to him. Does that really make him want to stay? Like, I mean, does that's really the question, to, like, right? Like, we don't we stay? don't know what what's in his in his mind. Because on the one hand, yeah, maybe I mean he's he he's been pretty clear that he expects to get market value. Uh, you know, the the dollar uh, total is going to be important to him, and as well it should be. That's his right. So yeah, it probably does. If they've got more money to spend, if 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 they've got money to spend on him or the team and it's not just going to go into Eugene Melnick's pocket which is where I think a lot of senator fans suspect it's going to wind up oh, then sure. that probably does make it more likely the flip side is okay he just saw the team trade one of its you know I wouldn't say one of its better players but uh you know a guy who was who was you know a useful part of the roster apparently according to his tweets was one of his best friends in the world somehow uh, you know, it's, at this point, it's kind of like, you what know, do you mean? the often up's a nice guy. It's yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're I'm sure he's very nice. Uh, but like somehow, you know, yeah, so, some they've, they've known each other for two years, but okay. I mean, that's, that's good. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, like it, it, what's going through his and And if you're the senators, if you're Pierre Dorian, like how plugged in are you to how this stuff is playing with Eric Carlson and his camp. Like, I, and, and do you want to be plugged in? Do you want to to know before you trade Dion Phaneuf whether that's going to be something that Eric Carlson doesn't appreciate, or do you just say, you know what, we got to manage this team, and it's uh, you know I'm the GM and you're the player, and I got to make the best calls that I can and not worry too much about yeah. whether whether my star player is you know you know, whatever moves the needle one way or another on him staying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces. I'm, I'm, I, I'm like, glad like, Pierre let's Dorian say, has Let's his, say, let, let's say, let's extension. say Eric Cross, let's say Eric Carlson gets offered eight and 80. And then some other team is like, we'll give you seven and 70. Like, is that extra 10, that extra year in 10? Like any other team, would you, like you, you, at this point, you'd probably rather be on any other team, but the Ottawa Senators. 
So yeah, like, I mean, what does that money really do for you if you're Eric Carlson? Well, what does it do? But at the same time, it's like, you know, he's going to be, whatever, 35, 36 that last year of the deal. I mean, 10, an extra $10 million is not nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if anything, I think I'm more, if I'm Eric Carlson, I'm sitting there, if I've got an offer that's 8 and 80, I'm sitting there thinking, if I get to free agency, I can probably get 7 and 80 somewhere. Mm. Or 7 and 85 or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And and then you know maybe I'm willing to take that chance to get there and, and sort of see what see what the market looks like. But it is a chance because you don't you know like he he I'm sure already has a good sense of what the senators will will offer and and the senators have you know that this they they can they can talk to him now they can sign him on July one they've got the entire year to keep talking and exchanging numbers whereas. If he gets to free agency, you know, in theory at least, he'll he'll be going in blind. Now, you know, we know that there are ways that numbers can kind of get put out there, and and teams can put out feelers and send coded messages and that kind of thing. But I don't think it's, you know, it it's still, you know, that that's part of it. How much risk are you willing to accept? And a lot of NHL players are not very willing to accept a lot of risk off the ice at least they they like to to. they like the security give me the sure thing right now that's why we see so many guys get signed to extensions before they hit free agency i'm not completely convinced carlson fits that mold he he might be one of the guys who says screw it let's let's go to the market and see what happens and if that's the case i fear the senators i don't know if you can afford to let that happen hockey players on an episode of let's make a deal be the most boring episode of all time be like eric we have here $500. Do you want to go with this or what's in the $500? I want the $500. You don't want the box? Okay. Congratulations. Uh, Next up, we have another (laughs) hockey player. We have for you, do you want to keep the watches or do you want to go with what's in behind door number two? Oh, the watches. I got it. it. The watches are great. I'm just going to hold on to the watches. I I don't want it. There could be a car behind it. an entire audience, an entire Let's Make a Deal audience of hockey players (laughs) dressed up as hockey players. (laughs) So what do you do? Oh, I'm a hockey player. Oh. Oh. Okay, that's interesting. And and from the Kings standpoint, I don't know how they continue to find ways to get slower. You know, like I thought they were getting yeah. faster this year. And then they're just like, hey, you know, what we need is Dion Phaneuf plodding around back there on the second pair. That's what we need. <sighs> the the, the key work. here, I think we would all agree, the key to this deal, it's not Eric Carlson. It's Nate Thompson. It's not Gabrick. It's not even really Dion Phaneuf. It's Dion Phaneuf going to L.A., and sitting down in the locker room and being able to tell Drew Doughty what it's like in Toronto. <laughs> I think that's the key. Is it going to be a positive? Is it, you know, Drew Doughty's going to be like, hey, Dion, welcome to the team. Uh, you know, have a seat. So, like, what's it like in Toronto? Like, good good restaurants, good clubs, good vibe there? Like, You just start shaking. Yeah. <laughs> maybe no. maybe this is, yeah, we need to get get him on an NDA or something before he gets to L.A., but... Oh man! Oh, well. Did you watch the game last night? You watch watch Canada cheat and beat the beat the American. I watched. Women? Yeah, I watched Canada it's beat the. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. The you're talking about the Canadian women beating uh-huh. the American women in the Olympics. You're talking last night's. They they all kind of bleed together. Oh my god! Are I you, mean, are you been, Giants? Are you Giants? Patriots? Patriots? In it's been the like Super Bowl? it's been like two 
two decades of this now, so it's sort of I, I do get them confused. They but are. Yeah, no, they I are did. the Patriots because think about it. They barely win. They 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 have to have empty net shots trickle off the post just to have a chance to stay alive to win. And then last night, let's go over all the cheating last night by the Canadian women. By the way, crashing the crease with two people, goal gets waved off. Kicking a puck in the net, goal waved off. Diving leading to a power play that leads to a goal. Um, possibly offside on the second goal wasn't called back. All this, and, and you get outshot like 41-19 and you barely win 2-1 to one because apparently Hillary Knight can't put a puck into an empty net. Now look, I'm not a women's hockey expert, but I'm fed up with Hillary Knight's play based on this one time <laughs> that I really watched closely. Like, yeah. Amanda Kessel's fan. Like, uh, by the way, Kendall Coyne is like the fastest human alive. I had no idea who she was until yeah. last night. and she's, That was ridiculous. Like, like she's insane. Like, like she, she, I want to see her in the fastest skater competition in the NHL. I want to see how close she would be to Connor McDavid because it's nuts how fast she is. But whatever, you guys, you guys cheated. It's no, I mean, it, end of the day, we scored four goals. You guys only counted two of them. That's 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 fine. It was <laughs> it was still enough. And uh, yeah, I mean, Gold congratulations on hitting us with your very very best game and still losing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you in the gold medal game. And and by the way, I lo- like this is my favorite rivalry in all of hockey right now. Like the NHL is a league without rivalries anymore we we don't like internationally on the men's side it's there's it's 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 better but this is the best rivalry because that game was like so intense and it didn't actually matter i mean that was basically a glorified exhibition game right because the two teams still they're going to finish one two in their group they're both going to get a bye to the semifinals they're both going to play a team that they should easily beat and then they're going to play in the gold medal game so i mean it was it was basically you know, just an exhibition game, and yet it's still. I mean, there was more intensity in that game than most of the most of the NHL games we're seeing this month. I don't get the no body checking rule. Like, is is there just like a too big of a size discrepancy between like some some teams that like you can't check at all? Like, that's a weird rule for like adult humans playing a contact sport that you can't check. And the, and, and the one penalty too, like the Canadian just jumping on our jumping on our defenseman's back and falling down, and that's a penalty. God. God, you cheaters! You absolute cheaters! <sighs> and and th- uh, we we can't talk about the U.S. Slovenia game because that that didn't happen. Who cares? I, I'm 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 not into that. The U.S. women, I, I it's the gold medal's ours. There's there's no way that you can take that punch for a second time in like three games and and expect to survive. I'm sorry. Just it's gonna be like a seven-one final. You heard so it. Here Dave first. Lozo is guaranteeing 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 a win. It was like watching. It was like watching like Canada to the U.S. and women's play like one of those like like countries that aren't good at hockey, and it's just like a it's just like a speed bagging, and like the other goalie just hangs in there for a long time, and then eventually like the mm-hmm. U.S. or Canada win. Only Canada was the team getting speed bagged. <sighs> Canada just can't good good old Canada just hanging in there by the skin <laughs> of their teeth for twenty consecutive years. One of your goal scorers was a cop. I mean, come on, that's unfair. You're cheating, and you have the police force on your side. Like, there's no that's 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 a, that's a tough road to climb. It's just I don't know. Better luck next time. <laughs> have you have you been watching the men's at all? Like, is it is no, how, I, how's it how's it resonating with you? Is it... I, I woke up this morning or yesterday morning, and it was two nothing, and and I went out my door, and then I got to where I was going, and then it was a three two final in overtime, and like I didn't really care. I just thought it was funny that. I think one of the one of the turning points of the game was I think it was two to one at the time and Brian Gianta took a penalty. Brian Gianta, the guy who's totally going to get an NHL contract when this is over, according to everybody who's written about the the Olympics, 
And that was a big reason why the U.S. lost. Notice, notice I say the U.S. for the men and we for the women. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm on that. I'm <laughs> on that bandwagon. I just, I don't know. Like, I didn't see the Canada game this morning against, uh, who'd you guys blow out? Today? Switzerland. They look good, actually. They, they looked, uh, you know, it's, they, they won 5-1 and they, like, you know, it's, it's Switzerland. You, you should, right. of course, beat Switzerland when you're Canada. But, like, Switzerland is one of those teams that they always give them a tough, uh, tough game like they're that team where you're like why are we only up one nothing when we've had 50 shots through two periods and and it, uh, that always seems to go that way and they know they they kind of they they look they look pretty good uh it's like weird the men's tournament is weird because there's the round robin but the round robin doesn't eliminate anybody does it so I no they... i i it's i think I... everybody goes through the playoffs and there's buys and there's seating so you know obviously you want you want to do well because you want to be playing a weaker team or get a buy instead of, of facing, you know, one of the, the, the tougher, uh, tougher nations early on, but it's not like, you know, it's not like the, the, oh, the U S lost Slovenia. Like that's it. They're, you know, they're, they're in danger of, of going out if they don't win the next game. Like there's, mm, I thought, I thought only like six of eight teams moved on. Maybe that's the women's side. I thought I heard that yesterday. I also thought I heard, Oh, by the way, I wrote a curling thing and people were like, this is great. And then like the next day, I could have sworn during the broadcast, the semifinal game, it was a mixed doubles, and I already forget their names, John Morris and um, Caitlin Laws, I believe is her name. I could have sworn they said during the broadcast they were they were going to be married in two months. So I watched that entire semifinal, picturing them like, you know, they're preparing for a wedding and they're also screaming at each other about rocks the whole time. <laughs> and then the next day, someone's like, yeah, I don't think they're actually dating. So I don't know where I got that from, but... But uh, my bad for spreading rumors on the internet. I I, I didn't realize yeah. that, that that they it's were very, like, I'm glad dating. I, I'm I'm loving mixed curling for two reasons. First of all, it it joins figure skating as giving us another sport where we can watch men and women compete together and try to figure out if they're dating each other. And <laughs> or or, or two, are they siblings? <laughs> they're either siblings yeah, or, or, <laughs> or siblings, <laughs> right? Which is the other the other option. Uh, yeah, and it's so. But it's it's kind of ruined real curling for me because as a Canadian, I have to like curling. Mm -hmm. And so I do, but then mixed curling comes along and it's like so much faster. And and, and like then Canada wins the gold and I was like, oh, this is great. And then I was watching like regular curling and I was like, oh, come on. Like, what's the difference though? They're, it's still the same order. And no, they, right? they, it's, it's, it's faster. They have, uh, the one, the funny thing with mixed curling, it took me a while to figure out, like my wife had to explain to me because it, they would go to commercial and every time they came back from commercial, there were like three rocks already out there because I guess in mixed curling, they, they set three rocks out to start every end. But I just thought they were playing like during the commercial oh. and like the game was just so fast. They were just like coming back from commercial and, and it didn't like, it didn't click in that the rocks were always in the exact same place. I didn't pick up on that either. Right. They're, they're yeah. like, they're like guards, right? Like that they were like, yeah. yeah and I, I was just... like, oh, this is great. Like they just, and my wife was like, no, like they, <laughs> they set those. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I think know. they have less time and there's only two of them, right? So they have to like sweep their own rocks and and stuff like that there's yeah. not a bunch of people standing around yeah so I'm, i can't figure out the order of how because like sometimes like i was watching the canadians against the brits i think it was just all men and like sometimes like the bald canadian guy was throwing twice in a row then other times he was down at the other end like you know being like hit the rock here and then like some other yeah. guy with like frosted tips would shoot when I it's know what was going regular on. curling it's there's four guys and they each four guys or, or four girls and they each shoot twice and so yeah and like there's like the leader 
who's the boss and like he tells him what to do and then like he goes down at the end he's like i'll do it myself and then he <laughs> he shoots but yeah yeah, yeah i like it i want to i want to get involved i want to get another reason to move to canada although there are curling clubs i guess in new jersey based on the responses i got but you know i want to go to the i guess not the not the motherland of it but like the the, the sister land of it i feel like it, it blows my mind that scotland invented it and not canada that totally seems like a canadian thing to invent like well we have ice they, these are like big giant pucks so let's just mm-hmm. throw them down there and see what happens like let's it's canadian bowling is what it is really yeah it's, it is more bowling than i guess than it's like bowling and darts and like beer pong like all just kind of exactly rolled into one it's, it's, a, it's, a it's good fantastic sport. So anyways, you're listening to Biscuits, Cole, and a Curling Podcast. <laughs> we switched sports so yeah. so subtly that we're hoping you didn't notice. Uh, this is this is what happens when the NHL doesn't go to the Olympics. Sorry, Gary Bettman. I'm also convinced this, 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 Lamar- could have been- this, this, this Lamarue person is, is, a, is a traitor, is a Canadian insider. Lamarue sounds too French-Canadian. I don't know what's going on there, but I'm, I'm going to look mm, into it. No no comment. That was, a, <laughs> that was a filthy move on the penalty shot, though. Was it though? Because I mean, it like did, I, it didn't work, but oh yeah, but like it you didn't look, work, you look at the re- go... the replay though shows like she she was never in position to shoot it on her forehand. Like the stick and the puck yeah. weren't far enough removed where she could have. Like there was no threat of it. Like she she still got Maybe. off a good shot, but but that's still like I mean the only yeah. the only thing sicker than going between the legs on a penalty shot is to fake between the legs and then go back around. So I don't know. The cast never style bought points it. never bought unfortunately it. happened in the only Olympic sport where you don't get style points. <laughs> seriously figure skating I, I i don't understand like how you, like like who was the first person to be like all right here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go out on the ice and we're gonna dance and jump and spin and throw each other and it's gonna be an amazing display of athletic ability and you're like yes let's do it one thing though what's that you have to smile the whole time wait what yeah why i have to focus no nope, no nope. you have to constantly smile like you're taking a graduation photo for two and a half minutes uh-huh. All right. That's, That's weird. Again, like my, my wife was telling me last night that like, I guess one of the things you get great on figure skating is how you look as you're doing the move. And I'm like, if I can do the move, right. I should be able to look however I want. Right. Seriously. Like, like if I can, if I can spin around four times and land, I should be able to make whatever face I want. If I want to be screaming in terror the entire time, <laughs> which I would be, I should get extra points for that. You should do that. There should be like a version of figure skating, like screaming figure skating, where like you get thrown in the air and you're just, ah! <laughs> First time figure skaters. You just <laughs> throw them out there. Oh, God. Start spinning them. What a good podcast this is. <laughs> what other winter sports are you watching at the Olympics? Should we talk about snowboarding next? <laughs> uh, Snow. Yeah, we should probably take the break when and, and do the thing where I say, we, gotta, we have a... A break coming up here, and we're going to take a quick break for a sponsor that's going to have an ad at this point, I think. I don't know. And then we're going to come back in two seconds and talk about hockey. We'll talk about Jim Benning getting that extension that he earned, I guess. I don't know. Stay tuned. We have more Biscuits calling a hockey podcast coming up right after this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we're back. Thanks, thanks to our, 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 our sponsor. That was definitely there as, as we took the break. Um, so, so, so being a general manager seems like a really good deal. Seems like a really. It seems really hard to get fired. It seems very. Like, it seems like there's always a way to explain why things are bad, and things right. are bad in Vancouver, and they were going to be bad because Mike Gillis kind of set things up for a long time with contracts, and you know they were going for it for a while, so you knew there was going to be. But I still feel like, even in spite of that, <laughs> Vancouver is still too bad at this point for you to look at your GM and go, "We need more of this." Yeah, I. You know, like he's got good. The, the and it's prospects. It's are funny, good, but I because know. I, you know, like whenever stuff like this happens, I love to see go on like Twitter and see what the reaction in the fan base is, and because you know, like Twitter, it's not, it's not everything. It's not real life, but it gives you a, usually a pretty good sense. And it felt like there were just like two camps of Canucks fans that don't know the other camp exists because I, the reaction I was getting when, like when, when Benning signed his extension, I, I saw a bunch of Canucks fans that were furious, like just really beside themselves that they were locked back into this guy. And then I also saw a bunch of Canucks fans that were like, yeah, like, why is this surprising? Of course he got an extension. Why wouldn't he? He's he's done a good job, and and what is why is there even a a debate over this? And they couldn't understand why anybody would even be confused. So I yeah I don't know. Like I guess the way I see it is when it comes to Jim Benning, like his his contract was up at the end of the year, so he was he they they needed to figure out what they were going to do. They needed to make a call, and I I guess what it comes down to is there's when you're in that situation, there's two, there's really two ways you can look at it. The first way is you say, has this guy done anything? Has he screwed up to the point that he should be fired? And I don't, I think you look at Jim Benning's record, there isn't, there isn't anything on there that really jumps out. Like there's no PK Subban trade. There's no, you know, there's no Taylor Hall trade where you, you look at that and you go that right there is a firing offense. You're out. Eric and Branson? I don't yeah, I don't think so. I mean mm. that's that that, mm. that 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 wasn't a good trade, but I don't think that one raises to the level where you're you're gonna say, you know what, that this you know, we can't keep this guy around. So I mean that's I that's the argument in his favor, I guess, which is that he hasn't done anything get fired, then then you're gonna keep him, which means he gets an extension. The flip side is the, the question of is this guy the GM who's going to build us into a Stanley Cup winner? Which is that like that's the old Ken Dryden test. Like even way back when he was running the Leafs and they were trying to get David Poyle back in '97 or whenever it was after they fired Cliff Fletcher. That was his thing that he kept going on about was I have to be able to picture this guy holding a Stanley Cup on the ice in Toronto because he's just he's built us into a Stanley Cup winner and. By that measure, I mean, is is like is Jim Benning giving off that kind of Stanley Cup winner vibe 
based mm-hmm. on his work and I mean, he's been there for four years now. So he, he pretty much owns what they are now. I would, I would think. Yeah. That's why this year you kind of wanted to see some sort of improvement and Brock Besser is fantastic. I feel like if Brock Besser didn't exist, like if, if he was never born into yeah. the world, Jim Benning would not be receiving an extension, but I mean, like going back to Goodbranson, like, yeah, the trade, but it's just that like he, he's, he seems so excited about re-signing him. I remember the Derek Dorsett contract and the and the Lucas Spiza deal. Like he's he's mm-hmm. done some stuff where you're just kind of like, I don't know if this guy gets hockey in 2018. There, you know, there have definitely been some bad moves. Like, like I, there's I mean, nothing I, too I bad in size, of course. But yeah, it's I just again, if you're a GM, it's just really hard. Like think about it. Like how is Mark Bergevin still making decisions in Montreal at this point? Like he has run that thing into the ground so hard, and he's just sitting around going like, "Yeah, we gotta look at some deals at the trade deadline." Like they're still letting him do stuff. Like he's not. Yeah. Jim Benning is not that level, but there has to. Well, be that's the other weird thing something. is that they never seem to fire GMs midseason, which means you've got guys that are yeah. walking dead but still get to do the trade deadline, which is a terrible situation if you're a fan because that guy is not. You know, if you've got a guy who's doing a rebuild-style trade deadline, he's not worried about five years from now. You know, he's not out there looking like, what exactly. what gives us the best chance to win the Stanley Cup in 2021? He's he's worried about, like, how, is there anything I can do right now that's going to save my job? And apparently, for Jim Benning, he doesn't have to do anything to save his job. He, he, he saved his job when he drafted Brock Besser in, what, 2015, whenever it was? Like, mm-hmm. Uh, it, and and it's but like but it it's just it, it seems like I don't know like I, I always look at John Chaka and I I wonder like what the plan is there besides like turn the smallest of profits possible and then go on to the next season because like like even right now like they 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 traded for Anthony Duclair a couple of years ago in the Yandel deal and then they were like well we we can't resign him he doesn't want to be here and they trade him to the Blackhawks and now Max Domi is kind of the same thing like all these young forwards yeah. they had that were supposed to be part of the future are now suddenly on the way out Vancouver. Like, what would you say the plan is? Like, they, they've held on to the Sedins until they're almost completely useless at this point, where they're not getting as much ice time as maybe six other forwards on the team. Can't trade them. Like, what do you, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he doesn't really have a plan. And that's, that's, and, and, that's what I hate. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that frustrates the the Canuck side, the, the side of the Canuck fan base that that is unhappy with this news is you go back over the years he and and the organization so he and trevor linden have never like articulated this is the plan this is the timeline Mm -hmm. like in in 2014 when he was hired he there's there's quotes from him saying like this this is a good team we we like the core we can turn this around quickly uh they and i mean they made the playoffs that year but they weren't a good playoff team and they lost to the flames who were also not a good playoff team and you know it wasn't that was like it, a 15 it, it 16 a matchup real... or something right in the stupid playoff format that we have yeah. that was like yeah yep. like it was a complete that fluke. was that was yeah so and and then even like two years ago there was another quote that i saw where he was you know he was saying that uh you know within two or three years we think we can be back among the elite teams in the nhl and that was 2016 and it's two years later and they've been like 28th or 29th this is going to be the third straight year so you know, I, I think that today, like fans today, if you just stand up and go, look, we're doing the rebuild, it's going to be three years of pain or whatever it is, you know, maybe you do it like the Leafs where the Leafs would never give you a, they, they never said a time, they never said a date, but
but they it was clear what they were doing. You understood what the process was. The Canucks, it, it's like they can't seem to decide, like, are we rebuilding? Are we reloading? Are we already there? Is it time? You know, I mean, what if, if you know, and then they're kind of in that world that the Oilers have been in for so long where then you retrofit everything into, no, no, we've been rebuilding all along. <laughs> this is part of the, of course, we're 29th. I mean, we're rebuilding. What did you expect? And it's like, well, you can't sign Louis Erickson to a $36 million deal exactly. and then say it's it's a youth-based rebuild all along. And, you know, the other piece of it is, you know, that I hear from from Canuck fans on the other side of the of the coin is they go, well, you know, our prospect pipeline is pretty good. It's better than it's it's been in in forever. And it's like, yeah, and it is. They they've got, you know, it's it's they've got a decent, you know, a better than decent prospect pipeline in place. It's not it's not an amazing one. It's not like, you know, what Toronto had a few years ago or or some other teams have had, but it's, you know, it's it's good. It's it's one of the 10 best in the league, maybe even a little bit better than that. But like you finished almost last for three years in a row, like what of el- course. What else would it be? All right, it, it's supposed to be this, and this is like, you know, as a Leaf fan, this like it brings me back to the Brian Burke years because there was like I I liked a lot of what Brian Burke did. I thought he was fantastic when it came to trades and and you know some of the other stuff. But three or four years into Brian Burke coming to Toronto, they're like. They hadn't actually rebuilt. They didn't, the prospects weren't there. And people would always go, well, we got some prospects. You know, we got, it's better than what it was when he got here. And it's like, well, yeah, they're last place every year. Of course, it's going to be better. Like your standard has to be higher than that. You you can't sit there. I mean, Jim Benning replaced Mike Gillis, who took the Canucks to within a game of the Stanley Cup and, you know, had a team that was picking, you know, drafting 25th every year. Of course, your prospect pipeline is going to be better. It's like that—that that is a default starting point. It's not something to necessarily, you know, you you get excited if people are saying this is the Canucks have the best pipeline in the entire league. They've got the best set of prospects in the entire league, but nobody's saying that. You know, people are like, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's in the top ten. I I don't know. Is that enough? No, I, I guess I don't think so. I guess it is. Because uh, so the 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 Brandon Sutter trade was that him? That was him, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you have so you have Jake Vertanen, who's he in terms of guys on the roster, he's got seven goals and fourteen points in fifty one games. Uh, Sven berchi has been fine. Bo Horvat was pre Benning. Um, people people seem to be really going crazy about Thomas Vanek this year, and he's been good. He's been fine, but I mean, like mm-hmm. that's as good as he's been. You're still twenty well, ninth in the league. Like you're not. And you know what? He's been good, but when you when you get a guy like that, you, a veteran like that, you sign him to a to a one year deal, and you're a team like the Canucks, you're you're getting him because yeah, you want some production during the year, but you're getting him to be exactly trade yeah. deadline bait. So we got to wait and see. You know, let's see what what he does. If he can flip him and turn him into a first round pick, then hey, you know, a plus that that was you know you nailed it. But if if he doesn't, then I don't know. I, like, I feel like you can't you can't give him any credit for that yet because we haven't seen the most important part. Marcus Granlin's not that good. I mean, I don't know. I just <sighs> like you. You give him credit for Besser. I mean, yeah, that's for sure. 
absolutely. That's, that's fine. But that's, I that's mean, why he has the extension for sure. Brock Besser is the one hundred percent why he's going to be there for three more years. Now, so you know, now Elias Peterson is who was their their first round pick last year. Looks fantastic in Sweden. He looks like a legitimate, uh, you know, A plus blue chip prospect. Um, Oli Ulevi is already sort of I think dropped down a lot of the rankings. That was a top five pick. You know, Vertnan's in the NHL, but you know he hasn't really lived up to being a a, a sixth overall. So you know, even the draft record isn't. Right. It, which was supposed to, which was kind of supposed to be Benning's thing. I think when he came over from Boston, it was like this is the guy, this is the scout, this is the the guy with the who who ran their draft table, and it's been yeah, it's been kind of. It's been mixed, and you know what? Ninety percent of the GMs in the league have a right. mixed record. Totally, this is when it comes totally to this enough stuff. to but stick around for another three years. It it just you know I guess the bottom line on this is just feels to me like Jim Benning has settled in as a decent GM with a kind of up and down mixed track record in in most of the areas that a GM's responsible for, and you know it, did he deserve to be fired? Not necessarily. Is he a guy that gives you any confidence? He's going to build a Stanley Cup winner. I don't think he is. So it, it feels like the Canucks were put in a position where they had to either settle for good enough or make a tough decision and aim for something higher than that, knowing that there was no guarantee that they'd necessarily get it. And they decided to settle in. It's always good to settle. Settling is how you win championships. Nothing wrong with settling. Um, we got some time left. It's kind of dealer's choice. What do you what do you what do you feel like closing with before we get to the mailbag? What's your what's your next uh, most? Let's let's well let's talk about this only because I I feel like you've this this might get you fired up a little bit. Let's do the, it. What the it? Islanders fans. Oh Jesus Christ! What are you, who are what are you doing? trying to get? They're trying to. Well, I, I guess for, there's Islanders fans in general seem pretty frustrated and want to see people fired. They want to see either, either Garth Snow, even some Doug Wade, which I'm surprised because, I mean, it's he's only he's only really had a year. But, yeah, he seems uh, clueless, though. I, I, I get that from a certain standpoint. Like He just seems like a kind of guy who's like, we need more grit, we need more guys. Like, well, I, I, when he, I when he point, sat Matthew Barzell for the last minute yeah, of the... Yeah, that's such a... Again, I, we talk about this all the time. Like my, my way of identifying a bad coach is when things are going bad, you always bench the good young guy, like Costas Bear and Philly and guys like that. Like... There's, but like, but like, there was one point in the season where they had lost like four in a row or something, and like Doug Waite's response to like, "What do you got to do more?" and he's like, "We need more scrums in front of the net after a whistle." Like, really? That's your that's your tactic? Yeah, get, get the boys fired up. Like, all right, yeah. so you're you're more GM than coach, I guess. And I it just and that. it shows you how ingrained that is in hockey because Doug Waite, when he played, was like a skilled guy. He wasn't like a you know. I I understand it when the guys who were third liners think everyone should be a third liner. But, you know, like you, you think like the Doug Waits of the world would be like, no, let's get some skill. Let's get some of this. But no, it's yeah. So Islander fans in general want changes, but a group of Islander fans in specific is taking it to the next level, I guess. Yes. And they're trying to raise money to get a billboard, I think near the arena. Right. Saying fire Garth Snow. 
Yeah, I don't think they've settled on what the billboard's going to say, but that's the sentiment. And yeah. I, know, I checked this yesterday, and the goal was like twenty-seven fifty or something, and they got there. But now they've they have raised five thousand nine hundred and eighty dollars of a five thousand four hundred and fifty dollar goal, raised by three hundred and thirteen people in eighteen hours. And it's just look, there there are certain signs that you can self-diagnose for that show you that maybe you care too much about sports. <laughs> and I believe one of them is. When you take out your credit card and go to a GoFundMe and then donate money so that someone can put up a billboard so that your favorite team's GM can be fired, maybe you care too much about sports. You know what? I'm, I'm going to disagree with you here. I I kind of like this. I, oh, I kind of like it. Not sure, because but... not because they're going to get the guy fired. I mean, not not because you know it's not like the owner is going to be driving on his way to the game, driving down like that residential street or whatever, and be like oh what's this right new bit oh my oh gosh i hadn't thought of that i think i will but there is a part of me and again this is coming from my you know many years of being a leafs fan and almost all of which were miserable like there is a part of me that's like let's all put 10 bucks together just so we can put like a big f you to the team in a public place like i i can kind of respect that like let we're not going to get the guy fired, but let's just embarrass somebody and make a few headlines and just remind the world that we're actually here and and that we exist. And uh, you know, let's uh, I, it's not going to do anything, but it might make them feel a little bit better. Because all right, so they're at they're are they're at almost six thousand dollars by three hundred people. So what is that? That's like twenty bucks a guy, pretty much twenty bucks each. Here, here's what I will do for Islanders fans. For every Islander fan that gives me twenty bucks, I will stand outside the arena with a megaphone screaming that Gartsno should be fired. For every twenty dollars, I will scream it one time, and you can give the money to me because I like money. And if you're going to throw your money away on stuff, throw it away on me. Don't throw it away on a billboard. That, that's just that's crazy. Giving it to me makes a lot more sense than. Right. I mean, it's only three hundred people too. It's not like there's. We're going to set up that GoFundMe. <laughs> Make Dave yell like Garth Snow. But see, the thing is... I get it, though, but it's just... I, I, I mean, I get it, too. And we've talked about the, the Garth Snow situation, but, I mean, ba- based on your top-secret sources, this is all futile because he's still got... How many years left? Oh, God, I forget. It's probably, like, six or seven at this point. But somebody made yeah. a good point, too, that, like, the, the owners are billionaires. So, like, say he has seven years at $2 million per year left on that deal. Say it's $3 million per year. Like twenty one million bucks should be nothing to those guys if they want to really get rid of him and do something else. Like that's that shouldn't be an issue. But yeah, or promote him to team president. I mean, right? Yeah. That's the old yeah. Give him, give him the old Paul Holmgren. You would think, but I, I mean, I don't know. The Islanders are bad. I don't think really at this point. Maybe the Islanders were just holding off, hoping that Jim Benning would become available, <laughs> and he could have slid in there. <sighs> I don't know. The one thing you know, you you talk about GMs. You know, the the job security and everything. The the one thing that will shake it up is this summer if Ken Holland actually leaves Detroit, like doesn't just get kicked upstairs or reassigned, but if he actually leaves and wants to go somewhere else, because that's the one thing that owners love is a guy who's been around forever and mm-hmm. has all those Stanley Cup rings. Like that'll be a guy that some owner out there would be like i'm gonna fire my gm and bring in this big name who's gonna inspire confidence in my fans for roughly two months before they realize that 
what that the Detroit Red Wings haven't been good in many years. How about this? What's what's sillier? The Islander fan snow must go billboard or the Edmonton Oilers 1984-85 fan voted <laughs> best team ever banner. What's, what's Oh man. What, this see this is testing my <laughs> I I have long been a proponent that you can hang whatever banner you want. The fan, whoever the fans, if the fans want the banner hung, go ahead. Like I defend when, you know, you'll see like a team retire somebody's number and someone will be like, well, that guy wasn't a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but the, he was popular. Mm-hmm. So let him have his, like hang the banner. You know, it, when you see teams hanging like division champion banners and that, I think that's a different deal. But I've never met a fan who likes that. That's always something teams do i've never met a fan who's like really proud of the right regular season division title banners uh so i i mean there is a limit the the leafs the leafs hung a bon, like a bon jovi banner in the arena so uh oh, i feel like all arenas do that though i saw people complaining yeah. about garth brooks like the rangers they have, have they have a billy joel one they have a fish one like arenas do that just to i guess cater to the bands like i don't mind that like i'm i, uh, yeah, I mind the 8485 nhl.com fan voted banner i mind that a lot because like, like you said where, like where fan, is it is it like that do they it, did they put it like up in a corner somewhere or is it like I don't know. it's not hanging with the actual Stanley because that's the thing like you're the Oilers you have right. real Stanley Cup banners that's <laughs> you're not the Caps you have real banners yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to single out who but yeah that was who, who I was talking about <sighs> yeah like that's uh uh yeah I don't know I, I just feel like I mean was there somebody in the Edmonton organization who felt like they weren't doing enough to remind people know. It's of so the crazy. 80s teams. Oh, God. I feel like that could just, I don't know, maybe just not a banner. Maybe like a little display somewhere in the arena. Yeah, like on the like, concourse or something, yeah. Yeah, like next next to the toilet sinks and everything. <laughs> you, you could put something there. I don't, yeah. <laughs> <The> toilet sinks. <laughs> but I did like that as, as part of this, they, they got like the members of the team together for a photo op and like, Everybody on Twitter was just making like the same joke, right? That it was like, oh, it's the front office. It's a company wide email sent of, out. Just, yeah, you guys, can you guys all meet downstairs in ten minutes? Yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> and you know, it's the Oilers, so bring all your relatives because they get uh, they get a job too. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Gretzky, <laughs> Joseph Messier. Yeah, I know those names. Those are awesome. Yeah. Bill Fuhrer. Yeah, I know. I know that uh, name. God. That name makes me happy. Ah, you want to you want to do the mailbag? We got like about ten minutes ish left. We can do some. We got ten minutes. Yeah, we got, we can... we got some extensive mailbagging this week, as opposed to just one or two mailbags. Sure. All right, let's do this one because this was kind of like going to be a thing for us, but we have so much, so little, so much to say in so little time here because we're just we're verbose. Grand Admiral John. I don't know. That's a Star Wars reference, but I'm pretty sure this guy isn't really a Grand Admiral. Uh, why would the Flyers consider any of the win now trades being thrown around? So we were we were talking about this in terms of a goalie because they're they're down a goalie. They've got Michael Neuvert and whatever AHL guy they called up. Um, I've always liked Michael Neuvert, so I don't mind riding him for the final two months of the season. I think he's perfectly capable of giving them above average goaltending for two months, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like they're 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 like the kings of the east, where they're just kind of like at the point where they're just barely 
in the playoff mix. Like right now, I think they're third in the division, but I think the Devils might be ahead of them in points percentage, and there's teams right behind them. So I don't know. I don't see a reason I mean, here's, to go out and get a goalie. Here, here, here's here's my thing. And you're, I mean, Noivert's okay, and he's been okay this year. So uh, I guess here's my thing. Like you're, if you're an NHL GM, right? Like you're. It's it's always the same message, right? To the players and to to the coaches and everything. You know, it's we don't quit. We play sixty minutes. We go whistle a whistle. We never give up. We you know we we stick with it and we just fight and claw and you know all of this, all of these cliches that that everybody in the hockey world loves so much. And you look at the Flyers. This team lost ten games in a row. Everybody's waiting for them to fire their coach. They look like a disaster, and they. They did it. They fought and they clawed and they didn't quit and they put one foot in front of the other and and pulled themselves back into the race and have now pulled themselves, you know, not only into a playoff spot, but like you say, into, you know, in, into third spot. They're even, you know, have have a little bit of a cushion. I To me, at, at some point, you then turn to your GM and you're like, OK, we did our part. Now, where's your part? We just lost our starting goaltender for you know the next month and a half maybe the the rest of the season we've got other areas that you know we could use help okay now it's your turn to to show that you know we don't give up and we fight you know all this stuff like let's see you go out there and and help us get across the finish line because we did our part to get back into a race that everybody had us counted out of and like yeah i i get i you see so much of this in the trade deadline where everybody Anytime any team is mentioned as potentially being, you know, shopping for immediate help. And, you know, clearly you're the fight. You're not going to be trading your top prospects or your number one picks or anything. But, it, you know, it bring in some help now. And somebody's always like, oh, yeah, but they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. You know, what are, they, they, what are their odds of winning the Stanley Cup? They're, they're 3%. So you go from 3% to 5%. Or, you know, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's all you do. But... You know what? What are we doing here? Are we trying to win or are we not? And at some point, yeah, I mean, clearly there's lots of deals that a team like the Flyers or a bunch of other teams could make that would be bad long-term deals. You know, I'm I'm not saying you you blow your brains out to uh, to get uh, to to get anything you can, but at some point, like you know, is that fourth round pick you're going to keep in your pocket? Is that going to move your Stanley Cup odds all that much? Mm-hmm. Five years from now, like, yeah. you know, let's, you know, it, it's like everybody, not everybody, there, there's just a certain segment of fans out there who bug me because it feels like they're, <laughs> they're waiting for some 85 Oilers team to come along that's art, like, like, that's already a 50% cup favorite that's going to go out and make some big move to become a 75%. Like, that's not the world we live in anymore. There's 16 teams going to make the playoffs. They're all going to have roughly the same chances of winning once they get there. Like, take your shot, man. Like, especially if you're going to be a, if, if you're going to expect your players and your coaches and everyone else to lay it all on the line and, and leave it all on the ice and all these other cliches, like at some point, man, like you're a GM, this is your time of the season to do that. So what do you have? Or do you not have anything because it was all just a bunch of cliches and nobody really meant it? And if so, you know, you can kind of expect that message to land with uh, some of the players in your room. Mm-hmm. You're fired up. You're, I didn't realize how 
fired up you were. You're more fired up about the Flyers thing than I am about the I feel like we hadn't done like a good GMs don't make enough trades rant in a little while. So that'll be next week. Pre-trade that. that, That's the thing though. Is like, what goalie are they going to get? Like, I was thinking about that. Like, most teams that are out of it don't have a second goalie. You're not going to get a star goaltender, obviously. I mean, you're not going to bring in, but there's there's lots of goalies. There are lots of teams that would trade their backup goalie or, or have a guy that. Uh, you know, have a guy sitting in the minors who's got NHL experience, and it wouldn't. You know, I don't think those would those would cost a ton. Mm. There's going to be guys out there, and you know, you don't have that long to figure it out. I mean, you got ten days or whatever, so you, there's you can probably get three or four looks at, at Michael Newworth and see if if he makes you feel like he, you know he you can ride him the rest of the way. But I, I all I'm saying is if if I'm a Flyer fan or flyer player or someone in that organization. And I watched this team lose 10 in a row, keep fighting, claw their way back into the race. And I get to the end of the season and I've missed the playoffs by one point because my goalie got hurt and we didn't bring anyone in to help. I'm going to be pretty frustrated. RL's biggest fan. I assume RL is uh, Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake's biggest fan wants to know uh which player would you like to see rescued from his current situation by being dealt to a contender at the trade deadline um i feel like for years it was always jerome mcginla like he was always yes. and then and then then finally he, he was like i'm free where are you gonna go colorado no 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 what are you doing no, you did it wrong no, this isn't, yeah. was, come back so i don't know this year it's there's so many guys like John Tavares there, for sure. Oh, it's the there's city. There's a lot of always. guys, but it's it, the thing is like they all have no movement clauses. Yeah, like Eric and Carlson. So you're always, like, like, like Henrik Lundqvist is a Henrik Lundqvist, is, right? To me, he's like that guy that I would like to see moved uh, and go chase Stanley Cup somewhere. But he years apparently doesn't want to be moved, and that you know his his opinion probably trumps mine a little bit in terms <laughs> of importance. I mean, I, I mentioned this in my my post on Sportsnet today. I'll, just, I'll throw it out there. You know, if Henrik Lundqvist, does, you know, he doesn't want to go anywhere. He doesn't want, you know, he likes it in New York. You know, if if there was another New York team that maybe was desperate to make the playoffs, maybe had new owners who wanted to make a good impression, maybe had a bunch of fans who were really angry at the GM and maybe needed a goaltender, maybe, maybe we could figure that out. No, a Rangers Islanders trade is probably that's a problem, right? Probably not. That's gonna yeah. Devils could use a goalie too. They're throwing Eddie Lack out there every third game for God's sakes. They're another they're, kind of New Yorkish team. Yeah, yeah so yeah, there's they can see New York. There's that. Right? I mean, Henrik Zetterberg's another one where like yeah, you know, it seems like especially since he's going to fake retire in another year. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who else, there, but yeah, there's there's always guys. And then the Sedins would be the obvious if there was a way to make that happen, cap wise. But again, they don't they they don't want to go, so that's the end of it. But yeah, why, that would though? be why, why? They're, they're 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 kind of like they've sort of taken over the Jerome McGinley mantle of guys who deserve to get a shot at a cup and and aren't going to get it with their current situation. Uh, let's do one or two more. Uh, uh, comma, a little late now. I don't know what that's about. It's probably a reference to like a thing in a game the other day. Uh, at the end of the year, the Bruins will play 19 games in 34 days. Is this excessive? And is it the most NHL thing ever to tire out teams just before the playoffs? First of all, I have a plan. You, you want to talk about what you're writing. I have solved the NHL postseason 
conundrum and my my situation my 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 format would save the Bruins I don't want to spoil it but it would be perfect for them but the Bruins remind me a little bit of the Columbus Blue Jackets last year only they're better than the Blue Jackets were last year where the Blue Jackets won whatever it was like 15 16 games in a row and then it was just kind of like well now they're just going to coast and then they're going to be exhausted and they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. The Bruins aren't set up to do the same thing, but they had like a point in whatever it was, like 22 of 23. And then they're going to play Toronto in the first round, which is stupid because Toronto is the third best team in the East. Like if you're Boston, you should probably play like the Blue Jackets or somebody like that. I, I really do have a fear that the Bruins are going to go out in the first round and seeing their schedule the rest of the way, it, it's, it is dumb. There's too many games in too few days. It is. It, it is. It's packed and it's tough schedule too. Like that's, that's the other piece of it is they've, they've, I I take nothing away from like the crazy streak they've been on, but their, their schedule has been relatively weak and it it gets a lot tougher. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is it the most NHL thing ever? No, I can come up with probably 20 more (laughs) NHL things, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. And I think some, I think at least one of those games is like a rescheduled blizzard like snowstorm game so i mean some of this is Uh. out of the league's control but this is you know if you're a bruins fan like this is your penance for spending the entire season nagging everyone about games in hand and every time somebody would you know talk about oh the lightning or this or you know the the bruins uh, well yeah but they've got nine games in hand because for some reason they they took apparently took the first month off and had to catch up this is where the catching up comes in it yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty brutal and uh it'll yeah it'll be interesting to see if that has an impact going in the playoffs or or the flip side i mean if you're if you know it, it they're they're chasing the lightning for first place they have a chance to to catch the lightning they're ahead of them do in you, points percentages or they're ahead, yeah do you do you, do you ride hard to try to get that or at some point you know if you're if you're bruce cassidy do you go you know what? Nineteen games through, I'm going to arrest some of these guys. I'm going to. I'm not going to use Patrice Bergeron in every one of those games. I'm certainly not going to use forty yeah. year old Zidane Ochera. Do I? Do I sit some of these guys and rest them, or dial back ice time, or whatever it is? Even if that costs me the number one seed, uh, you know, do I? Do I maybe try to ease it up a little bit so that we've still got some gas in the tank and get into the playoffs? Which is something that almost never happens in the NHL. You see it in the NBA, but they don't they don't do it in the NHL. But I don't know. I I don't know. I think in the it, yeah, you're right. But if you finish first in the Atlantic, you get the fifth best team in the in the in the Metro. If you finish second, you get the third best team in your division. But that fifth best, best team, in the, team in the Metro is the way that that division shaping up. That's going to be some team that had to get hot at the end, so they're going to be coming in yeah. like it's not like you're going to get necessarily. Would you rather play the Leafs or the Devils in the first round? I mean, come on. That's that's a no-brainer. But the thing is, is at some point, though, you're going to have to play, like the Lightning, Leafs, and Bruins are all going to have to play. Like, like, even if you avoid one of those two teams in the first round, you're going to have to play them in the second round anyway. That's it, right? I mean, if you're trying to win the Stanley Cup, you you got to go through these anyways. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting just because he's right. Like, it's such an extreme mix for them over the last, I mean, last month, basically. Uh, you know they'll they'll get a chunk of time off before the playoff starts, but then uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It would take a lot. Put it this way, it would take a lot of guts to do it. Uh, but it would be something I'd have to at least consider 
and and certainly if if the lightning get hot and you know they move five points ahead and the Leafs are still five points back, then at some point I think yeah you got to really look at uh, just just resting up some of these guys. All right, well that's all the time we have for today. Uh, it's been a wonderful hour. We've we've grown, we've learned, we've talked, we've laughed, we've cried. Um, but we're gonna have to hold off until next week. Are we are we back on schedule next week? I know you have to, you you had to reschedule. Is that next week or the yep. week after? No, that was the the week after. So we should be back to Tuesday next week. Yeah, no, but nothing nothing scheduled and for me. So we should be. That'll good. kind of be our uh, I guess our trade deadline preview. Yeah speculation whatever hopefully we'll have a few more deals to talk about by then and if not it'll just be me ranting about wimpy gms for <laughs> I'm 50 straight minutes i hope between now and tuesday like the rangers are like oh we're not going to trade mcdonough and zuccarello and the senators are like we're not going to trade carlson all these guys are not going to get traded and this way we can just be angry for an hour and then the following week we can be angry for an hour again about how the biggest deal of the day was like michael grabner for a third <sighs> this sport. It might be it might be all curling talk <laughs> next week. There's a chance. All right. Well, I, I I have nothing to pitch. You know, you know the deal. iTunes, five hearts or five stars, whatever. Maybe they're hearts on your phone. I have no idea. Um, check out the Twitter account where we post all the stuff, and um, that's it for me. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we're we're good, and uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. Should be an interesting weekend, and we'll be back on Tuesday. See you Tuesday, everybody. Bye-bye now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.